It's not good to be in the place where it's lost. Okay? So stand up with me. I didn't forget. Okay. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Heaven's plan, heaven's plan, God's agenda was on your life before you came to the earth. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Now, he was speaking to Jeremiah, the prophet, but that's for us. That's why it was recorded. Because you cannot come to this earth unless God first knew you and then you're coming. So he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. What that word sanctified, we like to think about sanctified as being something uh, very holy, yes. That's what it is. But what God is saying, I set you apart for a purpose. I sanctified you. I set, I set you apart. I ordained you. In other words, I empowered you. I empowered you a prophet. That's for Jeremiah. But you also have what he formed in you. A vision that he put in you that you must accomplish and he empowered you before he sent you to this world. God knew you before you were born. Everyone is special to him, just like Jeremiah. Everyone is special. You have an assignment, I have my own assignment. So God has an assignment, a vision that he has birthed in you before you were even conceived. And when you come into this earth, because it's a sinful earth, it's a sinful world, God expects you, when you hear, now begin to try to connect with the one who put the vision in you. Because you'll never know the vision until he speaks it to you. Jeremiah didn't know he was called or created to be a prophet until God spoke it to him. So you have to be connected to the one who formed you to gain that vision for which he sent you into the world. And you have to search for it. God had that great vision in your heart. And you got to connect, like I said, and the only way to connect is to get born again. Amen. Because, you see, God is spirit. And we are spirit, but we have a dead spirit. That dead spirit needs to be resurrected. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead, your spirit that was dead when Adam sinned and he passed on that dead spirit to us, that spirit needs to be resurrected. And once that spirit is resurrected, then you can hear God. You can hear his voice. 
So that's the only way to connect with God's vision for your life. And Jeremiah was able to connect to that vision. So we have to be born again to connect. And if you don't already know, and you really want to know, you should search. We're coming to that. You should should search, because God will make it known to you. If you really want to know, God will make it known to you. If you don't want to know, He he won't bother with you. You can leave your own agenda. But let me let you know this. Heaven has an agenda for your life before you came to this world. There's an agenda for your life. And no one can get out of that agenda. No one can make you get out of that agenda except you. Except you. So that's why God says in Jeremiah, familiar scripture, 29, verse 11 through 13, it says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you. Did you know that God thinks about you? Oh, yes. This is scripture. God cannot deny himself. God and his word are one and the same. God thinks about you. And God says, I know the thoughts I think about you. God is saying, I'm not confused about what I'm thinking about you. I know what I'm thinking about you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. That word means shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Thoughts of peace. That's what I want from you. What I want for you. I constantly meditate about on this about your life. You may not think anything about your life, but God's thinking big for you. He says it's thoughts of peace, not of evil. And so when something evil is coming to you, that's not from God. God didn't send it, He had nothing to do with it. He's coming from the pits of hell. Has nothing to do with God. God, if something is happening in your life that's evil, God does nothing to do with it. God's thinking good things about you. I know you're saying, well, he couldn't be thinking good things about me. I know what he's thinking about me. I messed up my life. I know he's thinking how to punish me. That's not what he's thinking, not according to the scriptures. Don't matter how messed up you've been in your life, he's still thinking good about you. He can change. He says, I'm the Lord, I change not. He can't change. He can't stop thinking good things about you. He tells us, I'm not confused about what I'm thinking about you. You're the one that's confused. My thoughts for you are thoughts of peace. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. He says to give you a future. A future. He wants you to have a future that you can be proud of. If God gives you a future, do you think it's going to be a small future? I came to give you a future. future. Now, I hope something that you can be excited about. That's what God says he's thinking about. That's what I call his vision for your life. Amen? His vision, his dreams for you. God's constantly dreaming. You know, God doesn't sleep. He, I mean, there's no time for sleep for God. He doesn't need that. So he dreams while he's awake. He's dreaming about you. Good things about you. And all you have to do, if you're going that wrong way, turn around. God have mercy. 
forgive me. I'm coming back home. Just like the prodigal son, I'm coming back home. I want to be in my father's house. I want to see what he has in store for me. So God says, I have these things for you. Then, notice what he says. He says, then you will call on me. When you fully understand that God has good intentions towards you, the thing to do, you can't help yourself. You will call on Him. And then He says, then you will go and pray to me. Because you need to hear it from His mouth. When He speaks, it happens. You need to hear the vision from His mouth. He says, then you will go and pray to me. And then he says, and I will listen to you. After you've discovered that he has a great vision for your life, greater than you ever thought. Then you can read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God says, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask. <laughs> Lord, I can really ask because I can beat that. And all you can imagine, think, God says, think about these good things you want. God says, I can beat that. I can go beyond that. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. The word think literally means imagine. God says, I can do all of that. He loves us so much. We will never ever know why we are on this earth. Because our flesh will not let us understand it. His love for us is so great. So if you're berating yourself and saying, I've blown it, I've made a big mistake, things are so bad, he can't be thinking good about me, you are the one that's mistaken. He's still thinking good about you. All he's saying, come back to me. Let me show you myself. He says, when you seek him, when you call on him and you pray to him, he will listen to you. And then he says, and you seek me and find me. You see, when you find God, you find yourself. Until you find God, you're still confused about who you are. And the world will define you. Satan will tell you, your friends will tell you who you are. But until you find God, you never know who you really are. You'll never discover the vision he has for your life. So God says, when you finally realize, I'm thinking constantly good things, peace concerning your life, greatness. This was his first words to Abraham, who is the father of faith. I will make you great. That's God's will. That's God's will. He says, you seek me and find me. Seek me and find me. When you search for me, with all your heart. We get too easily distracted. Sometimes we are even distracted with our problems. Oh yes. The problem even becomes bigger than God. Your failure even becomes bigger than God. Your failure is not God. God's bigger than your failure. Come back and make things right with Him. Start all over again. And God can give you that. God can birth a new vision. You know something? When you, you can have all kinds of dreams. 
and frustrations with the dreams. Because they were never from God. But when you get closer to God, your desires begin to change. Hello, I feel like dancing. <laughs> your desires begin to change. You see things differently. And you start wondering, where have I been? What have I been thinking? Who've been, who's been giving me something to drink? You begin to see things differently. And then God begins to show you His plan. And then you begin to get so excited. Just like Joseph. You can hardly sleep. You can't stop telling somebody about it. You want to talk about it. And people say, you talk too much about this stuff. Which we heard it before. You start the message and you say, do you remember you told me that before? Because it's burning inside of you. God gave it to you. So it's good to call him. Because when you find him, that's when you begin to discover your dream. The dreams that he created you with. The dreams that only you, no one on earth, can accomplish. And guess what? That dream is not just for you. It's for your family. For those around you. And for the kingdom of God. Everywhere. Abraham, we come into that. God gave Abraham dreams. But it wasn't just for Abraham. He got excited about his family. But it was for the whole world. God said to Abraham, In you, every family of the earth will be blessed. So when God gives you a dream, it's for you. But it's going to touch so many lives. That's why it's so exciting. Amen. Just stay with God. Walk with God. It's good to call on Him. That's when you discover. The young people here today, God said to call. Have you called? Young people. Are you just going to follow what everyone else is doing? And He said, that's what's cool right now. But tomorrow something new is going to be cool. Get the real cool thing from God. Amen? He stays cool. Amen? He says, that's cool, brother. It's cool, brother. Tomorrow, he says, what's that? Because it's no longer cool, okay? It's different. But when you get it from God, he stays cool. Amen? That's why Jeremiah 33, verse 3, he says, call on me. Call on me and I will answer you. Husband, are you calling on God? You got a vision for your home? What about wife? Are you calling on God? A businessman, are you calling on God? Have you called to God for what you're doing? To find out if this, God, are you in this? You got something better? I'm telling you, if something is in your hand and God doesn't want it to be, it's not big enough. Amen. God wants to snatch that stuff that's making you so comfortable in the flesh. He wants to take them. But usually when he's trying to take them, we say, ah, God, what are you doing? Ah, no. I love that stuff. It's cool for me. And you cry. We cry. We don't like it. We'll fight. He said, brother, pray for me. I don't know what's happening now. I think the devil is... God said, that thing you got in your hand, is too small. I can't walk with that. 
that vision. You want to change that. Amen? Call on me. He says, God said, I will answer you. And guess what he said? I will show you great and mighty things that you know nothing about. Why is he going to show you? <laughs> so that you can be so excited. I saw things today. I couldn't believe. No. He wants to accomplish things in your life. Amen? Mighty things. Bigger than what you've been thinking. He's able to do it. Nothing, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And I got to say this. I was struggling with it earlier. I told with people with back problems. But if you have a back problem, God's healing you today. Get your healing today. Come and get your healing. Amen. So call on God. He's going to show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Maybe you're getting so frustrated because what you're working on wasn't his original dream. You haven't gone back to him. Call on him. Let him share with you. There is a, a thing in the scripture that the Bible calls the way of the Lord. And, and many of us know Christianity was called what? The way. The way. That's very important. The way of the Lord. In other words, God has a way for people to take. It's, an high, it's a highway. If you go on that highway, God's there with you. You got troubles, but He's there with you. Everything is going to be okay because you're walking in that highway. But there's also something the Bible calls the ways of the Lord. The ways of the Lord. The ways, different, but God has His ways. The way, different ways He does things. You can't pin Him down. He has His, his ways. He tells us in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, beginning verse 8 and 9, He says, Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And your ways are and not my ways. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Can you, have you, I've been in the ocean, maybe in the boat, and I'm looking out, in, out looking at it, and that thing, I can't see any, it's just like, wow, how far is this? 37,000 feet up there, and you can still look up, it's still as high as if you're still down here. That's how high. You can't figure out his way. I've got to talk to him to find out what he's thinking. His ways are much higher. So we've got to talk to him. That's why we call on him. So his ways of doing things, as you search the scriptures, you begin to see patterns. I like to search for patterns because that tells me this is the way things are in the scriptures. That's where I came up with this this uh, title, Vision Gained, Vision Lost, and Vision Regained. If God's giving you a vision, if it was from God, you can run as far as you want to go. He's going to get you. <laughs> You're coming back to that vision. Especially if you still have a heart for Him. It's just the way of the Lord. In this regard. He gives you a vision. It's a pattern. 
for every man from the Old Testament, beginning with Abraham. You can go to Jacob. You can see Jacob's frustration. I'm giving you things to go study. Amen. <laughs> and you can go to Joseph. You can go all the way to David. All the way to the New Testament, the disciples. The birth of Christ. That's where we're going. Christmas. Okay, brothers? Christmas. Okay? But God gives you a vision. And somewhere down the line, things will come against your life. Bad events, terrible events will take place that will tend to make you forget the vision. And all you may be thinking is uh, survival. The vision is no longer hot. But when that time comes, God will begin to reawaken the vision. Because he needs your cooperation for the vision to be birthed. He needs that. That's what this message is all about. I want to start with Abraham. So you can see this. God has a vision for your life. And some of you had something, if there was something in you after you got born again that was burning so strong. For some of us, we want to reach the world. You're so excited. For others, you feel like I just want to build houses for God. I want to reach out to the poor. And then, but today, you're not thinking about that anymore. It's gone. The excitement is gone. You settled. But if you stay walking with God, He's going to awaken it. That happened to Abraham. If you read in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, Abraham was dealing with God. Sorry, I'm talking about Genesis chapter 12, not 18. Genesis chapter 12, where God called Abraham. God spoke to him. He said, get out of, of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Notice what God is saying. I, have, I need you to talk to me. I need you out from the crowd. One to one. You and me. Come out from that place. I, want, I have something for you. And God says to the land that I will show you, I will make you what? A great nation. God says, I will make you a great nation. If Abraham says, Abraham, he can't be a nation, that's a huge vision. One man becoming a nation, God gave him that vision. I'll make you, not just a nation, I'll make you, you, this one man, I'm going to take you, Matt, say you Matt there, I'm going to take you and I'm going to make a nation out of you. But that's a big thing. How is that going to happen? Come out and I'm going to do that for you. It's, then God told him, he says, I will make your name great. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, listen, 
all the families of the earth shall be blessed. <laughs> wow. You know, Abraham, he says the next thing you know, Abraham left. Meaning, he believed it. You know what was going on in his mind? I'm going to bless every family on the earth. I'm going to be a great nation. First year gone. I'm going to be a great nation. No child, nothing. Wife getting older, and I'm getting older. Okay? So when God gives you a vision, you have to be willing to go through the twists and the turns of events that will come against that vision to make you want to let go. Yeah. Different things will come at you. Terrible things. And you're thinking, this can never happen. This can never happen. God's promised you a child. Now you're, 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 you're conceived and then there's blood and you're wondering and then you lose one and you say, will I ever? But God said, I will give you one. Hello? And God is true to his word. He cannot lie. So he told Abraham that. And then the next thing that happened, so many years had gone. When he called Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. Now he was 85 years old and there was not even a child. And in Genesis, I believe Genesis chapter 15, it's funny, you can read, go back and study. Beginning from verse 1, God began to speak to Abraham. He says, now Abraham, I am your shield, I am your shield, and your exceedingly great reward. Abraham says, oh yeah, I know that. He says, what would you give me? I don't even have a child. (laughs) Frustration, right? That's what, read it from verse 1. I don't have a child, you haven't given me a child. You talked about being a great nation. I don't even have a son. How am I? How is that going to happen? And he said to God, Look, I don't even have a child, a slave in my house, a servant. He is the only one that is going to be heir to everything you blessed me with. At this time, Abraham was so rich, you wouldn't believe it. He had camels. You can read in chapter 13. He had camels, he had all kinds of tons. When you read the word camels, uh, that means Rolls Royce in that time. Donkeys, that's Mercedes Benz and all of that. Okay. In that time. Because God has blessed him. He had so much wealth, but no son. And he was wondering, now you blessed me, some part of this thing is fulfilled. But how am I going to be a great nation? I don't have any son. And God said to him, surely you have one. He says in verse 4, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir. That's Elijah. That Elijah, that's the, the, the servant in the house. But one who will come from your own body. You know how old he was? 85 years old. Yes. That's not funny. <laughs> Born from your own body. Then he brought him outside and said, Look, now see how God gives a vision? See how God gives a vision? God brought him outside because he was getting discouraged. God says, I'm going to fulfill this. Come out. 
And God took him outside. He said to him, Look now toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them. So Abraham went and he looked up and he says, Okay, I'm counting the stars. One, two, three, four, five, ten, a hundred. God, I can't count them. Too many. Just too many. Just too many. He says, and he said to him, God said to Abraham, so shall your descendants be. You know what happened? All of a sudden, all those stars, uh, they changed face. And Abraham could see this, his children's faces all over the sky. That was a vision for him. Amen. Notice what he says. And he believed the Lord. He, he took that vision in. He believed God and God counted it to him for righteousness. When God shows you something that's impossible and you accept it, you become righteous before him. That's the way it is. It's called the way of the Lord. That's the only way to be righteous. You can go to church and shake the preacher's hand. That won't get you anywhere. You can get baptized. <laughs> you, get, you, just go in, you went in dry and then you got wet when you came out. That's all that happened. Until you believe that Jesus took your sins on the cross and that because you said a few words, your sins are now forgotten and forgiven, you never know God's righteousness. That's all the way to know God's righteousness. By believing what Jesus did on the cross. You accept him. That, that's how Abraham got righteous. By believing, God, you can do this. I can now see myself a great nation. Amen. And that vision stayed in his head. He got that vision. The problem was, he went and talked to his wife about it. Hey. Ladies, please forgive me. It's scripture. It's not me, Okay. <laughs> Hey, ladies, it's Bible. It's not me. We're coming to this. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Be very careful who you tell what God has told you. Okay? I'm not saying don't tell your wife, but it could be dangerous. Okay? But he told his wife about it. And guess what? She believed it. She believed it. But she had a formula for this. We're going to do this. But God doesn't need you. He can do it by himself. Amen? In his own way. Not your way. But she had a formula for him. That's the beginning of losing the vision. Okay? You lose it right now. And she said, you can see that. Vision lost. That's where we are right now. It says, uh, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, has borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid servant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, I believe you. See now, the Lord has restrained me from 
bearing children. I believe what you're saying, but I can't be a part of this formula, you see. But I have a formula for you, okay? Please go into my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. I know this message came to you and I, but see, I can't do this. Let my maid help in this vision so we can have. When you lean on the arm of flesh, you lose the vision. You lose it. When you are trusting on your own resources and using your own wisdom, God's no longer there. You lose the vision. You make serious mistakes that will make you settle for something less than what God intended. And God will let you settle. But if it's still burning, God will reawaken that vision. He's able to. So, Abraham was 86 years old when he had Ishmael. And you can read the scripture. It was an amazing thing. They had peace in their home until Abraham listened to his wife and did what he did. Now there was trouble in their home. The woman lost respect for Sarah, her mistress. She had no respect. We're equal in this house. You're barren. I'm the one that's going to have a child because she was pregnant. And the whole house got into chaos. chaos. And, and, and Sarah went to, to Abraham. He says, you are at fault in this matter. Men, don't ever say that, okay? Do you want, I think Michael tells me, do you want to be happy or you want to be right? <laughs> I just want to be happy. So whatever she says, you're right, mama. <laughs> you're right. It wasn't Abraham's idea, but she says, you are at fault in this matter. You are causing me all these problems now. If it were not for you, and this your vision, I wouldn't be in this. Look, my mistress now, she's insulting me. And Abraham said, okay, do whatever you want with her. And she started punishing her. And guess what she did? She ran from the home. Where was the vision now? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Because if you lean on your own understanding, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you totally miss those creative things that God has for you. I don't want to miss that. Amen? Say with me, I don't want to miss God's appointment for my life. So important. He lost it. Abraham was 86 years old. God was merciful, sent Agar back to the home and I'm sure deep inside of Abraham, he knew something is not right. This is not what God's plan was for him. <laughs> but God's agenda for mankind will not go unfulfilled. There's going to be a time for vision regained. 
And guess when it took place? 13 years later. 13 years later, Abraham had settled. I'm sure every day he prospered. He spoke to God. Never mentioned this matter to God anymore. He had settled. But I knew something inside him was telling him, that's not God's real plan for your life. And so when he was 99 years old, God decided to reawaken the vision. Can I hear an amen? Whatever vision God is giving to you in your life, if that vision is lost, today may the Spirit of God give life to that vision. May you begin to see again that God's on your side, that God will walk with you, God will resurrect that vision and give it life and make it great the way He intended it from the very beginning. You go through the twists and the turns, but God is on your side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The enemy meant it for evil, but God can turn it to something good. Can I hear an amen? That is God's will for us. So at 99, God will reawaken the vision again in him. And so God met with Abraham. And he said to Abraham, I will change your name. What did God tell Abraham before? God said, I will make you a great nation. But God said to Abraham, I'm going to change your name. I will make the vision even greater. You are called Abraham. I mean Abram. And that just means a good father. But now I want to call you Abraham. Father of many nations. I will make you a great nation. Now you are the father of many nations. And Abraham heard that. I'm sure he was glad. In his mind, Ishmael. Ishmael. And then God touched something that Abraham didn't want to hear. And we can read in the scripture of Genesis 17. Abraham was accepting of everything God was telling him. He had his face down. That was great, God. I heard this before. This is great. And he actually circumcised himself. God didn't circumcise his child here. And God said to him, to Abraham, as for Sarai, <laughs> your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. If you are going to be the father of many nations, and kings, like God said, kings and princes will come out of it, the wife there has to be a princess, right? So God says, no, not this Sarai thing. She's going to be called a princess. He says, you will call her name Sarah, shall be a name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Ah! Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. So you are the father of nations, and she will be the mother of nations. It wasn't through Ishmael. Something new is coming, mother of nations. 
kings of people shall be from her. That's why she must be a princess. No ordinary woman gives birth to a princess. And guess what? Every one of you are kings and priests, right? According to the word of God. So God says, I'll change her name. This is what unbelieving believers do. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> God wasn't finding this funny too. <laughs> he laughed and said in his heart, <laughs> he wasn't speaking but in his mind, I don't know what God's been thinking about. <laughs> he says, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Because when his child is born, he'll be, he will be 100 years old. And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? <laughs> Notice what, God, what Abraham did. Let me correct God a little bit. He might not be. You don't want to try that. Amen? He said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. In other words, why don't you just do this through Ishmael? Forget about this Sarah thing. But notice what God said. No! That was against his will. No, I'm not going there. You'll have Ishmael, but I'm doing it my way. This is the way it's going to be. He says, you, I will bless Ishmael, but my covenant is going to be through Isaac. That's going to come from. And guess what? Abraham was a believer. The birth, the, that thing was born in him. He believed. He believed. That was chapter 17. And in chapter 18 of Genesis, Jesus, or God himself, actually showed up to bring Sarah to par as to what's going on. You're going to have a baby. And through this one baby, every family of the earth will be blessed. This is the way of the Lord. If you've given up a vision in your life, pick it up this morning. That's why the message is here to say for you. If you think you've messed up, repent. Ask God for forgiveness. Come right back. Tell Him to show you. He said to seek Him with all of your heart. Do you know any character in the scriptures that you can see this with? Vision gained. Vision lost. Vision regained. Let me suggest one. And please study it before you come on Sunday. I'll be asking questions. No, I'm kidding. Moses. Moses knew he was a deliverer from the day he was born when he was in Pharaoh's house. He knew that. Nobody had to tell him. Moses was stepping out to deliver his people. Who told him that? To be with his people. He knew. And he was going to get this. He had no idea how it could be done, but there was something burning inside of him. Something burning inside of him. He wanted to deliver them. His heart went out for them. He wanted to do something about them. And in his hurry, he made serious mistake. He killed an Egyptian and the word came out. 
Now he found himself in the wilderness. Vision was lost. Now he was now a farmer. Dealing with goats. A prince. Now a farmer. In the wilderness. Dealing with goats. But that vision, the dream was still there. Then he saw a burning bush. Amen? He saw a burning bush. And God reawakened that vision in him. Go back. Go back. And bring the people out. Because he was that deliverer. We're going to be talking more about this. And then we'll also go into the Christmas story. But today, every head bowed. There's a reason why this word is, for you, for, is here for you today. If you're here this morning, you need to connect with God, please. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. You need to connect with God for revision. Let Him deliver the reason for which He created you into your hands. So you know the reason for living on the earth. And if He's already given you a vision, and the vision is lost, you can call on Him today. Call on the Lord, and He will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Today you can call on Him. It's a time to call on God. This is the day to call on God. If you have not connected with Christ, today you can make that decision and connect with Him and tell Him, God, I made my mistake. I blew it. But I'm coming back home. I need you to accept me. I need you to forgive me for my mistakes. But I want to connect with you. I want to connect for, my, for the reason why I am alive. I want to connect with that. If you're that person today, at the count of three, there's no shame in the presence of God. At the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up. Thank you. It's wonderful. If you've lost your vision and you want to connect with God, you want to connect with that vision coming back to God, you need God's mercy this morning. At the count of three, would you please raise your hand? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. I see those hands. See those hands. That's wonderful. God has a great vision for your life. Don't let it go. If you can handle it, you don't need God. If it's so big, you can't handle it, then you need God. Pray with me, everyone, this morning. We want to rededicate our lives to God, every one of us. That God will rebirth. When you were a young Christian, a new Christian, and you were excited about God, you got that fire, that love of God in your heart. Where is that love today? Is it still burning? You used to be out sharing with people. You couldn't stop talking to people about Jesus. Where is that today? We need fire in our hearts. Amen? We need fire in our hearts. Stand up, everyone with me. Stand up. We need to rededicate everyone. We need to rededicate our lives. We're coming to the close of the year. We need God. We need God. We need the fire of God in our hearts. We want to go all the way with God so He can fulfill His plan 
in our lives. And that includes me. I need God's plan for my life fulfilled. I don't want to leave this earth until His plan is fully fulfilled in my life. Would you raise your hand? Now let me say this. My wife many times she says, raise your hand. What that scripture tells me, Isaiah chapter 1, when you raise your hands, God turns down to look. What do you want? That's why we lift up our hands. It's not just a holy thing. Isaiah says, when you lift up your hands, if something is really bad, you got murdered, all kinds of evil, God turns away. But when you come into Him, once you raise your hand, He looks down towards you. That's why we raise our hands. We worship God that way. Because as we lift up our hands, He looks down in favor. All of these things, His thoughts towards us, they are for good, for peace, for a great future, for our hope. Say with me, God Almighty, I rededicate my life to you. I dedicate my life to you. I rededicate my life to you. God Almighty, birth your vision in my heart right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart to stay and reveal yourself and your vision for my life. Holy Spirit, ordain me, empower me to fulfill God's vision for my life. I refuse to fear. I refuse to shrink back. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.